I'm Logan. I'm Ryan. And this is Automatic for the People. It's automatic. It's automatic. It's automatic. Hey everybody, welcome back to Automatic for the People, a Mr. Robot podcast. As promised, we're jumping right into season three with our Mr. Robot rewatch, skipping over the previously debated uh, uh, watching of uh, American Gods season two, which if I guess if we wind up having spare time at the end of our uh, like marathon podcasting sessions over the next what three, three months and a half months <laughs> then we'll go back to american gods but you know whatever well, i'm pretty sure it'll be uh canceled after this season so we could probably squeeze it in while we watch the other stuff too you know just to add because it was what eight episodes we don't know how many episodes Legion and Preacher are going to be, but we assume 10. Uh, by the way, if you, I think I texted you, but um, last week or uh, really just a few days ago was our 150th episode. Yeah, you did. Of Automatic for the People. So. We've done 150 episodes in four years. Yeah, that's a lot. I I really don't think that's bad. So, um, looks like American Gods had like nine or ten, uh, eight episodes. No, you're right, eight episodes. Eight. Yeah, I thought it was eight. Um, by by the time Mister Robot is over and done, we will have at least 180 episodes. Might no, as well hit the 200 no, mark. 190. Because we've got 10 episodes of this. This will take us to 160. And we've got 10, it, probably 10 episodes of Legion, probably 10 episodes of Preacher. That'll take us to 170. No, yeah. one. That'll take us to 180 when season four of Mr. Robot starts. So if season four is 10 episodes, that will take us to 190. So, if we add eight episodes of uh, American Gods in there somewhere, that'll be 198, and we will have to fill two episodes somewhere, <laughs> which we could probably do. So, um, I feel bad we started this rewatch with the intention to get other people on the podcast to join us, but hey, that's uh, not all our fault. And that, you know, Jess gets a full pardon because she's done more than anybody but hey they volunteered to be on and then none of them have watched nor said hey when can i be on so not our lot not all our fault well i mean we could also pester them but i'm i don't want to pester people and make them feel <laughs> I, was, like I was about to say the last thing i want somebody do to do is pester me to be on their podcast like i don't want to feel like i'm forced into this <laughs> yeah so um I Which would I'm like, not like I'm. I don't want to like shame anybody, because I fully understand that life happens. So <laughs> the yeah. last thing on your list is doing someone else's podcast. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. So, um, I do think we need to do uh, kind of a like a round table episode, maybe get Adam and Spencer on an episode. Are they both current? Yeah. Okay. I mean, as in they watched the last season. Yeah. Okay. So I still would love to have Relieval Rob on an episode. But he stopped watching after season two. Well, he probably would have made us look like dumbasses anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> we do that enough to ourselves. <laughs> we don't need to have a guest on like Edward Snowden to make us look like a bunch of morons. <laughs> Uh, that's really why Jess hasn't come back on the podcast Because we're like Yeah, she always makes us feel stupid So let's stop asking her um, It's a conspiracy Any, yeah This whole show is a conspiracy Speaking of, I had some like serious <laughs> Things going through my brain Watching this episode So do you remember this episode at all? Yeah And I just remember after watching it going WTF just happened. I have no idea what's going on. But after watching it this time, I really want to know, is Mr. Robot real and Elliot a figment of his imagination? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're talking about Power Saver Mode, uh, the season three premiere, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. Um uh, honestly, just for the access to Mr. Robot at this point, I think Amazon Prime is a good deal. <laughs> there's, oh, yeah, there's other some stuff good there. Trivia and behind uh, the scenes stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, well, uh, actually, in two weeks, uh, Good Omen starts, guys. So yeah. I'm pretty sure um, our buddy Adam said it best gaming, doing gaming is the best way. To do gaming. <laughs> so, pretty that, sure this show might be pretty good. That sounds like it can be misconstrued. <laughs> Title of the sex tape. <laughs> something else entirely. Gay men doing gay men is the best way to do gay men. Well, I mean, it's true no matter which way you look at it. I mean, yeah, that's that's. 100%. Does anybody do Neil Gaiman's work better than Neil Gaiman does his work? Uh, no, there was Usually this, they uh, screw it up. There's this mini series that may or may not be hard to find. I don't know, called Neverwhere. That is, uh, he basically just wrote it for television, and uh, it's it's pretty fantastic. So, so yeah, go check that out. I wonder if it's on Amazon Prime. I don't know, it's on IMDb about to look that up. They're so good about telling me what's on Prime. Well, that's because Amazon owns IMDb. Yeah, 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 I got that part. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's easy to link the two when you own them. Um, I still have never seen Stardust, which everyone tells me how great it is. Stardust is pretty good. It is as close as you can get to a modern-day... Uh, Princess Brad. Actually, uh, I, I'm going to take some of that gaming statement back because Lucifer, for the most part, has been glorious. <laughs> Let's see. 
What'd you say it was called? Neverwhere, and it is not available on Prime. Oh, okay. We already looked. Yeah, there's six episodes, and all it just says is, how do I watch this? <laughs> Unavailable for purchase on your device. Uh, well, I shall seek that out. Wow, he wrote an episode of Babylon 5, which, according to a lot of people, is a very underrated sci-fi show. Um, my, I think my first, like, big... And it's not a big movie, so I hate to say big movie, but I watched this movie called Mirror Mask. And I don't think I'd ever seen a Neil Gaiman thing before I watched this. And uh, as weird as it was, I was like, wow, this is strangely great. (laughs) But he did not direct it. He was just the writer. So there are a few Neil Gaiman things that he didn't direct that... Have He's you seen ex- Mirror Mask? Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Um, he also uh, wrote Coraline, like the story. Yeah. Yeah. And he wrote the Beowulf screenplay, too. So. Well, he didn't even direct any of the episodes of. Well, he, has, he hasn't really. Uh, I don't think he's ever directed anything. Uh, yeah, he has. Well, like I thought he was directing film. some of this stuff. Some yeah, of the a short film about John Bolton. He directed. Yeah. Uh, which I actually have on DVD. And 10 Minute Tales, uh, an episode of anyway, whatever. None of this is. has anything to do with Mr. Robot. No, that was more about Good Omens. So, uh, um, so Power Saver Mode. Uh there's my some... first question to you. I I know you probably have all this stuff you want to get into, but she said that kiss before was a mistake. When have they kissed before? They kissed on the subway. I don't remember that. Yeah, I just when must she have told forgot him, all about it. When she told him he was she was going to to uh, turn herself in, he kissed. Okay. They kissed on the subway. Uh, you definitely forgot all about that. I guess, yeah, I, I guess it just, uh, among all the other things that happened in that episode, I just, I guess because it was relatively new, and I was thinking back, like, early on, like, I don't remember them kissing. <laughs> oh, they kiss in the dream sequence in the first season. Oh, yeah, that doesn't count, though. So... So, three seasons of this show, and they've kissed each other once each season so far. So, there you go. Such a romantic show. Um, There's really not a ton of stuff I want to get into about the episode. Um, I feel like we say this a lot, but it it is... Set up. Yeah. Everything's set up. Not that there's not important things. I I think one of I think some of the best stuff in the the sh- the history of the show happens in this episode. Yeah, well, um, the stuff with Christian Slater and Portia Doubleday is great. Yeah, and like until she says it's the eyes, you're not trying to look away. If you've never noticed it before, like if you go back and watch, uh. 
and, and Elliot talks about his, you know, we know he has these social anxieties and stuff. And, um, and that's part of that. Like I'm, I'm similar. Like I have a really hard time looking people in the eye when I'm talking to them. I, I just, I have trouble with it. So really working in a corporate office, dude, you should really try to work that issue out. <laughs> well, I don't work in the corporate office. I work well, in, in a, a corporate environment. You're you right. You should really try to work that issue out. That's one of the really, first things I learned. It can be really off-putting for people. So. Well, it, most people take it as an insult. Right. Or they think you're lying to them one or the other. Yeah. And so it's usually an issue I'll address like person to person. Um, like if you're having a conversation, like if it's a group setting, it's a lot easier because you can kind of just look at other people and it's not as noticeable, but in a one-on-one setting, like if I'm having an extended conversation with somebody, I will inevitably tell them I'm not ignoring you. I'm very much listening to you, but I just, I have a hard time looking at people while we're talking. So keep going. I'm with you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, generally if it's somebody I know I'm only going to have a two or three minute conversation with or shorter, hopefully I don't, I can kind of just force my way through it. But if we're going to s- sit there or whatever and talk for, you know, 10, 15 minutes about something, I, I it will usually come up. The people I see every day know, know the deal. So, you know, and then there's still people I've been working with for years who don't understand certain things. Like, uh, this older lady, uh, came by my desk the other day and she wanted to ask me for a favor. So she, I'm sitting in my chair. She walks up behind me and uh, I mean, she doesn't mean anything by it, but she just like puts her hands on my shoulders and starts talking like really nice and starts massaging my shoulders. And I was just like, Deborah, please don't do that. um, I, I mean, I've dealt with that. That's more of a way for them to get past their insecurities and to feed into yours. <laughs> well, no, she she's a little clueless. Like she also doesn't work on my team, so she doesn't like my team very Well, that's much what I mean by her insecurity. She's insecure about approaching you. So the right. best way for her to do it is in a Well, she doesn't um, she doesn't know my insecurities. That that's the part I'm saying. No. Oh, okay, okay, I got She you. she has no idea. My team very much knows, like, don't just walk up and, I mean, it, it happens to Elliot in this Take episode. your hands off of me, please. <laughs> yes. And when people do that, like, I try my best not to have that reaction. Well, I wasn't thinking about, like, the touching and see, I was more approach, uh, approaching, uh, thinking about, like, stereotypes not insecurities playing into the male stereotype right yeah as, yeah as you know as a woman you know a lot of them can talk sweet and 
bat their eyes and get their way. And, you know, I mean, males are just as bad as... Women are just as bad as men sometimes with playing into stereotypes. Right. Of the opposite sex, even though they won't admit it. But (laughs) you can at me if you want to, Pope79, (laughs) on Twitter. Um. And I, I held my tongue like I didn't say anything. I was just like, I can't help you. I'm really sorry. And she's like, oh, well, you know, no massage. I was like, that's fine. Like, I don't need a massage. You can please, you can stop, please. It's like, I wish I could help you, but I can't. Um, But, yeah, like, when it happens to Elliot in this episode, like, for a good... Like, when I started my job, I turned in this all into about me and my job, but, like, we worked in a set of, like, high cubicles, and they weren't offices, but, like, you had, like, a kind of private space. Like, somebody would have to, like, step into your cubicle. Now, we're in these, like, low-level cubicles, like, not the ones in office space. The ones that really aren't even cubicles, you know, it's like just uh, very waist high walls, you know, people can see you and, you know, just walk up to you and like, there's no barrier. So uh, when we were in the high cubicles and I had space, like stuff like that never happened, like because people would walk in towards the cubicle and you just turn around in your chair like now people can walk up behind me or next to me or whatever and if i'm looking at my computer like there's no it's such an open space i don't always see them well i mean to take it back to the episode and basically the same thing you're talking about um he very much feeds into the stereotype too. It's not, it's more of a male on male instead of female. He doesn't reach over and start massaging him and going, Can you do me a favor? It's more or less like the high fives, bro. You know, way to go. And this, some people don't respond to that either. <laughs> yeah, there are guys that work like that too. Um, but yeah, when, when we move to the low cubicles and stuff like that would start happening. Like, I would very much say, like, hey, like, no. Like, you can take offense to this. I don't mean offense. But just please don't walk up and touch me. Like, don't slap me on the back. Don't, like, just don't. There's a couple of guys who will do it just to try to get at me. And I know that's why they're doing it. So it's a lot easier to, and when I say stop, they'll stop. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, walk up and uh, just put their their arm on my shoulder or whatever. And I just look at them. And they're like, is this bugging you? I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, after a couple of seconds, it stops. Like, you know, a lot of people would see that as, you know, oh, well, they're bullying you or whatever. And I, You know, I can give as good as I get because I do a lot of a-hole type things, too. But... The important thing is when I'm like, you got to cut that out. It always stops. So, you know, I'm all for playing around with whatever. And then when somebody gets upset or right before they get upset, all right, yeah, we need to cut it out. So, 
so yeah, like anyway, but point being like, <laughs> uh, for a large chunk of my early career at this job I've had for the last three years, I was like that. Like I, that was in my head, like, please take your effing hands off of me. <laughs> um, when anybody would do it. But now, fortunately, I've been there long enough. Most people, and when somebody new comes in, if they do anything remotely, like moving towards me, if my boss is standing there, he'll be like, no, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, uh, Logan does not like to be touched. And everybody's, inevitably, somebody's like, really? I'm like, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. I really, really connected with that moment in this episode, <laughs> if you can't tell. No, I mean, I'm the exact same way. So, um, God, so we're just, like, all over the place. Um, well, I didn't uh, take notes. I'm sure you did. <laughs> well, I, I tweeted some stuff. Uh, large, ha large Hadron Collider at the beginning. I remember we talked about this. At length, when we first well, saw when it happened, I wasn't really. I was like, "What? I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah. Um. Now you have an idea of what that is. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sorry. The Braves just hit three home runs in one inning. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I wish it had been tomorrow night. Why are you going? Yeah. There's a ticket, so I'm gonna go. Well, dang it. I wouldn't. No, I can't. It's Kayla's graduation. I thought no. that was next week. Yeah. I could have went tomorrow. I'm going right. to cuss Sean out. That's not his fault. He could have asked me. He, how would you? Have oh, I can't ride. Yeah. He ain't got no room. I mean, I know you're, <laughs> I don't want to, we shouldn't get into this on the podcast. I know you're driving now, man, but I really don't think you should be driving to Atlanta. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. It's a, it's a little dangerous. So, you could take Groom up there, but you'd still have to get to the stadium, not, which is yeah, on the I'm other side. Yeah, i that much money to get the freaking. Yeah, yeah, it's like 40-something dollars. Yeah, that'd be more than the ticket. <laughs> no, the ticket was $180. Yeah, and it would have cost me another hundred to get to the stadium. Oh so. yeah, yeah, for sure. Because um, you'd have had to Uber there or something. So, um, and then I probably would have got kidnapped and raped and oh, all that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a that's an inside joke. Um, so yeah, large large or I keep saying large hadron collider, but it's it's a collider. It's a hadron collider. Large is it's relative. obviously large. <laughs> well, but if you look at the actual LHC, it it's uh, large is not even the right term because it crosses such distance that it should just really be called like the. Oh, uh, I'm just saying you call in what we saw in the episode large is right because. It's obviously large. Yeah, I mean, they're very tiny comparatively. So, um, like, when you think... So, the, the thing in the Flash is a, a, a Hadron Collider, basically. The tube that they run through. Yeah. Um, so, when you think of that relative to this, like, 
yeah, that space in the flash looks pretty big, but when they're filming in it, like you can see them relative to the walls and the ceiling and the, so like, yeah, it's yeah, a, comparatively, they're pretty small. And like, when you see these guys, as the camera like backs up, it's like, Oh, they're, they're tiny. Like this is pretty big. So, um, yeah. Mention of parallel, uh, dimensions and Angela's saying we can change everything. Right. Um, so, which is just, it's, I remember it happening, but still, uh, I mean, at this moment, it's still mind blowing. Like can't quite put my finger on what's going on here. Yeah. But it was, I don't know if you remember this and I'll, I, I need to go back and start putting up more episodes on our Patreon and I just haven't. Um, but we were, I mean, at least me, I'm pretty sure you were in the same boat. It was such vindication for some of the stuff we had talked about for so long. I mean, three years by the time we got to this episode and yeah, online there were other people and, but I mean, I don't, today's the first time I've ever went on Reddit to read theories about Mr. Robot. Oh, no, we've talked about Reddit stuff before. About theories about post season three stuff. I don't think so. Not post season three, but in, when we first discussed today, I did not read anything that was, if it was posted after November, or before November of 2017, I didn't read it. Because okay. I wanted to know what people had to say after right. the finale. Because the uh, dual Elliots in the, I guess it's the finale. Or right yeah, I remember finale, talking about that. Like no. that we, we went down a Reddit rabbit hole on that. So, which we'll get to all that. Uh Probably, like, for us, I think, for me at least, the biggest thing in the episode was the vindication of, like, he absolutely has been dropping hints that something concerning parallel dimensions, alternate timelines, other universes, something is there. Whether it actually comes to fruition or if it's just, like, a lot of the stuff in Lost, hi, Spencer. Um, remains to be seen, but it is there. Um, that that's kind of where my tongue in cheek question comes from to you about is Mr. Robot real and Elliot not? Can that not exist in the alternate universe? Is Mr. Robot an alternate universe Elliot that somehow bled over into this one? Kind of. And I think this was when we, <laughs> me and Jess especially, really started ramping up our, Ryan, you need to watch. Um, uh, I was about to say, what? What do I need to watch? Because I forgot. <laughs> no, uh, what? Now my mind just went blank. The Fox show, Fringe. You need oh. to watch Fringe. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's... Um... Part of the the headache I got watching this episode is like there's so much fringe that's running through my mind right now, like it's ridiculous. Um, 
Which is where my whole theory of that whole Elliot and Mr. Robot kind of swapping places. In one universe or timeline, Elliot's dead. A la, they fell out the window, Elliot died. And the second, in the other universe, or Elliot died when he fell out the window, either way. In the other universe or timeline, Mr. Robot's dead from the cancer which is undeniably real that's why i know mr robot existed in both universes angela confirms the fact unless angela's part of elliot's brain too (laughs) yeah that which yeah that's 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 a definite no so but Um, i did have a thought that is there a chance because i thought back to you know last year sometime is there a chance that he's just out of it and all this happened to Elliot, not his dad? And all this stuff is in his head and he's just been in like a coma or something like I that? Mean, that's that's possible, but I think that's such a cop-out ending that we're definitely not going to go this way. I mean, it's, de- it's a definite cop-out, but it's also... Most people probably wouldn't see that coming. Mm. I think that there's a, a world where the the twist may have been uh, at some point you found out that like when you're seeing Elliot, it's one dimension. And when you're seeing Mr. Robot, it's another dimension and things are happening, happening very similarly you get and, that little glitch that you see yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a way to to have played the show where that's the case. Or like somehow they're swapping back and forth. Like when Mr. Robot's over here, Elliot's in the other dimension. And they can't exist in the same place at the same time. Um, although at this point we have seen them exist in the same place at the same time. Um, but repeated. only inside Elliot's brain. Yeah. So, so there's this. Uh, uh, there's several Captain Marvel comics, but there's one iteration of Captain Marvel that uh, his name, his Captain Marvel's son, basically, but he's just like pure energy. His name is Janis Vale. Um, he bonded with Rick Jones. Uh, quote unquote famous sidekick of the Hulk. Um and they had these quantum it can't bands. be that famous because I don't know who that is. <laughs> he was voiced by Luke Perry in the cartoon. Um but uh comic book people know who he is. Uh he's also uh A bomb in uh what was the Hulk and Agents of Smash? Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was actually the only Hulk series that I've... And I still only watched about six episodes of that. <laughs> it's a good series, though. Uh, Fred Tatashori is such a good Hulk. Um, anyway, so that had, he, Rick had these quantum bands. And if you smashed them together, uh, he could become Captain Marvel. But he didn't become Captain Marvel. He went to a micro-universe... And Janice Vell came, came out. Got you. So they were uh, 
So it's kind of one had to take the place of the other deal. Right. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean... Uh, that That's very possible. Um, because well, I think we've seen a little too much for it to be likely. Well, a lot of what we've seen the last two seasons, though, are when they've existed together... There's always that glitch. Yeah. So I do think it's an interesting theory that I'm sure people have had. I'm not saying they haven't, that we've never discussed that Mr. Robot is actually a version of Elliot from another dimension who's like somewhere they've. Yeah, that's kind of the what I was leading up to in this episode. I was like, is it possible? It, I mean, they're definitely the same person, but is it possible that they're a hundred percent the same person? I mean, yeah, I, I definitely think it's possible. So that one is just another version of the other. Oh, uh, instead would... of being father son or. You know what? It, although his dad is definitely dead, according to season one, we saw the tombstone. But we, well, I mean, White Rose says all of that at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, but we only know his dad died. We're not. It, there's never anything that says like number one dad with his picture on that. There are pictures of them together, but mate, that that was something else I thought about. Maybe this guy wasn't his real dad. Maybe in memories he's replaced his real dad with this guy. Because that's where he learned to do all his computer stuff. That would be interesting. Uh, I had a bunch of crap going through my head in this episode. Like it's like at at some point in time I'm just I just gotta stop thinking about it. That's so close to season four. I just wanna see the end of it and then go back and rewatch it again and put it all together. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be an interesting puzzle to go back and re-piece together. Because um, so much happens as you continue to watch it to recontextualize all the stuff you've seen before. You know? um, yeah, when I was reading on uh, Reddit today, um, you could just see the, the chains develop as the seasons went on. And um, every time I'd find one that would lead down to dead end, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to check this one out. And then, well, you should, you haven't, obviously haven't seen this episode. I'm like, those guys first, they're attacking each other in different years. (laughs) Yeah. This dude commented a year and a half ago, which is hilarious. But it's like, yeah, obviously I changed (laughs) what my thought process was when I learned new information fool <laughs> yeah it's fun to watch fanboys just like destroy each other <laughs> it's you know and i'm guilty of this too but it is so much about feeling like superior to somebody else so and that's, i that's just don't really get that you know i no i get it i'm not saying i don't get it but i don't get that way about it so much so no, I'm, I have done it with baseball and and stuff like that, though. So I, I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, a couple other things about this episode before we go off on another tangent. Uh, maybe for the existence of the show, the most important thing in this episode is the uh, first appearance of our favorite character actor, Mr. Bobby Cannavale. Uh, that was the Cannavale. first scene in the yep. Yes, in the Red Wheelbarrow, which uh, is the poem, which I think we discussed. We definitely discussed that that, because I remember discussing it. (laughs) um, I don't think we talked about it when we, uh, because it's the poem that um, Tyrell recites uh, to Elliot saying those were the only words his father knew in English. Um, And... So that comes back. It's a, it's an actual poem. Um, yeah, uh, well, he tells it to Elliot after he shoots Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? No, I thought it was before he shot him. Maybe it was after. I don't know. I thought it was that. No, I, I swear to God, on the previously on, he's looking over the top of Elliot. After he shot him when he says that. Mm, maybe. Um, makes me uber curious. So, yeah, uh, if you go to the Mr. Robot wiki page. (laughs) uh, If you go to the Mr. Robot wiki page, which has a lot of uh, information. Yeah, I just got lost in that today. Yeah, the poem is, uh, is a recurring motif, it says, in season two. And obviously shows back up uh, in season three. So much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. Um, that's the poem. Uh, and we still, maybe we need to do an episode about the notebook, which we both have. And I don't think either one of us have ever read more than a couple of pages of it. Um, I actually picked it up when we finished season two the other day. Uh-huh. Um, I got about four or five pages deep. And it's just like, it's like Elliot's brain unloaded on you, and it's a lot to read. Um, It would be nice to revisit it, I think, after we see full development of the character. Yeah. Um, So, at the 2017 San Diego Comic-Con, USA set up an off-site feature promoting Mr. Robot. It included a bank of e-branch, which distributed e-coin cards to visitors. The cards could be used to purchase food at the nearby Red Wheelbarrow Barbecue. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, so a couple of other things, like the introduction of uh, Bobby Cannavale, who is so freaking fantastic in this season that. He really should have gotten uh, something for it. Well, on Best our introduction, or... did you catch how much the stinking burger he was about to buy cost? Or uh, no, the milkshake. I'm sorry. He no, wanted the shake for the free punch yeah, card. Yeah. It was like $13. So when I was in New York a few weeks ago, um, I bought several milkshakes at a place called the Shake Shack. Um, and then I bought another one somewhere else. Would you care to guess how much I paid for the milkshake? 
Which one? The two at the Shake Shack or the yeah. one somewhere Shake, else? Shake Shack is a chain restaurant. So, you know. Well, I mean, uh, uh, see, Pulp Fiction was a $5 milkshake, so it's at least an $8 milkshake. Yeah, with tax, it was close to 10 bucks. So, there you go. And that's current day. That's not in the end of the world scenario that Mr. Robot. Well, yeah, that's what I was accredited in. That's what I was, you know, saying is it's it's this end of the world type situation. And I I, I don't know if you know what's going on with like Bitcoin and stuff right now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Nuts. Ridiculous. Just. Like, what, are, are y'all making this out of gasoline? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> um, yeah. What y'all understand is cryptocurrency. It doesn't exist. So don't yeah. at me for that. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's no less real than actual currency at this point, which U.S. currency is not backed by anything other than the promise of what it's worth. <laughs> you, like, right. It, it's. It's kind of stupid, you know. Well, uh, I mean, you're almost better off at having it digitized and not in your wallet. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, Bobby Cannaval is just uh, absolutely brilliant. I honestly don't know which performance I like better. It's got to be this one, dude. You think so? Yeah, because. Just he completely changed, almost to the point where I see it and I'm like, "Is that is that Bob?" I think you had that reaction. <laughs> like that doesn't even look like him. Uh, I re- I mean, he's fully recognizable in in uh, oh, Homecoming, yeah. absolutely. But in this, he's it's it's almost. And when you see a used car salesman card come out of his pocket. There's no doubt in your mind that this dude sells used cars somewhere. But he does everything with such confidence. Like, the, when he picks him up in the cab, you're like, is this dude a cop? Because, like, he knows all that. But, like, when you do find out he's a used car salesman, like, for sure, like, it does all kind of make sense. Um, he, is the, he is the Bill Paxton from True Lies. That- if Bill like Paxton my mind. Lies wasn't uh, such a uh, total coward, yeah, coward and douchebag. Like if that dude actually had the confidence he portrayed to have, he would be this character. Yeah, yeah you took the thought right out of my head. I was gonna—that's exactly what I was gonna say—is when I think about used car salesmen, I think about True Lies. And I think about Bill Paxton. Yep. And Bobby Cannavale pulls that off just superbly in every single way. And it only gets better from here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, th- that's probably the m- one of the most important things in the show, in this episode, to the show itself. Beyond the, like... Uh, hey, was that a Hadron Collider or how oh, look mention of uh, dimensions and time travel and whatever. Um, 
but concrete, it's definitely one of the most important things. Um, one of the most brilliant scenes in the show happens in this episode, and that's the quote unquote walk and talk that Elliot has where he will break the fourth wall and then not like his voice is still breaking the fourth wall, but he's not talking. And then it's cut into like all this other stuff, you know, about what society has become. And it sounds, it is the rant of an insane person, but like much in the way Dennis, uh, Dennis Leary used to do his, uh, kind of taxi driver rants. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And it'd be like, you sound like a crazy person, but yes, all of that makes perfect sense. Like it's all there. Like George Carlin was good at that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but George Carlin was good at also making it funny. Dennis Leary's was funny in a, like, uh, (laughs) don't kill me. It's like, uh, uh, is he serious? (laughs) Yeah. You serious Clark? Um, uh, but yeah, that, that little walk and talk rant thing and like cutting to well, uh, the Trump speeches and I'm glad you brought it up because actually what I think what makes that moment so great, especially having watched the finale and then gone right into this episode was the setup we got for all of that. Yeah. Whenever he's... the prick's actually going to run for office this time. <laughs> well, whenever he's approaching Tyrell and he's like, you know, you don't exist. And the, and he's still breaking the fourth wall there, kind of. And all of that in the last episode leads right into this episode. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, I love that scene and him looking at the wall of all those people. And I know it's just in his head the, that he sees the people he personally knows that he has cost them their life. Um. But it doesn't make it less powerful, you know? So, um, there's uh, some other subtle things I wanted to bring up that may or may not actually be nods, but him waking up in Angela's bed with no memory is very back to the future. (laughs) You know? That's a good point. Like, I, I, as soon as that happened, I was like, God, this feels so much like Marty waking up in his mom's bed. <laughs> um, well, it, it's kind of the same thing when he goes to sleep with QWERTY. Uh, it kind of feels like he goes to sleep because he's in a familiar type situation. He sees his fish, you know, who knows where his mind is right there. Yeah. You know when he goes to sleep on the couch? Yeah. Um, let's see. Sorry, I'm getting the, my tweets pulled up. Um, Isn't there a few times in Back to the Future? He wakes up and... Uh, through the whole course of the three movies? Yeah, it happens repeatedly. <laughs> and then kind of falls back asleep and then wakes back up again. Like, what happened? Oh, uh, I did say someone should show this party scene to the Wachowskis. That's how you add a rave to the apocalypse. <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, I, I love <laughs> yeah, I love the Matrix, man. But that party scene in the second one just feels absolutely stupid. But it, it 
feels like it comes out of nowhere. Like you know, okay. it, it, the second one upsets me because there's so much good with so much bad. Yeah. Um, well, there's the highway scene with so much bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really didn't tweet a ton of stuff. Um, just mostly, you know, Bobby C's entrance, uh, which is just so perfect. Angela, we get to start to see the seams of her kind of unfolding. Uh, I don't even think it's like, I think we've already seen her unfold. I think we see her flipping inside out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, And she's almost becoming two different people. So uh, it's very disturbing seeing her betray Elliot in this kind of way. But the scene in the bus where, you know, he's quest Mr. Robert's questioning her and uh, she's like, how could I be lying to Elliot? I'm looking right at him. Like, it's so chilling, man. Yeah. Well, it made me like super nuts. Like who's, what is she, what game is she playing? (laughs) What did white Rose show her? It's cra- It's like I just want to know, man. Um, I mean, what? Like, was it her mom? Did he say, "Look, here's video of your mom"? A window into the other world, just into like the past us or <laughs> whatever. So, yeah. Um, please, Fringe is too fresh on my mind for them to rip it off. I mean, but is is it a ripoff? I mean, Friends is just a bunch of borrowed ideas from other things, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with I mean, as a Tarantino fan, I should not legally be allowed to use the term ripoff. So, um, it's just too fresh in my mind, if you know what I mean. It's, no, I, I agree. If I just watched Fringe, Fringe and started watching Mr. Robot... Like, when I got to this point, I'd be like, man, I already watched this show. <laughs> like, I just finished it. <laughs> no. Um, but no, it's 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 such a good season opener. Um, and it... I think this might be since season one, which that only gives us three episodes, but... This this is the best season opener next to season one. Yeah. Um, season two was eh, but you know we get the vigilante hack, hacker in season one, and then we kind of get the WTF I, stuff in this episode where you're just I, like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're like thrown for a loop because like season two opens with a time jump. You know, like there's been. A length of time, Elliot wakes up in the back of that car and, you know, like you're kind of disoriented with Elliot. Here, you're not so much disoriented as you are like, what happened to the show? (laughs) Like, who is this guy? What are we doing? (laughs) Like, what is going on? You know, thinking back, you've talked about it that uh, a lot of people were off put by season three. Season Um, two. Well, yeah, season two. So, if they didn't come back for season two, I mean, if they did come back for season three, 
could this have even put them more off of season oh, absolutely. three? Absolutely. If you if season two you you ended season two going like I just uh uh-huh. and was like, all right, I'm gonna watch the premiere. This would have probably put you off even more. But I mean season three is I, I feel like it's so rewarding. Like there's not any not that I don't love season two. I absolutely do. But there's no quote unquote reward for finishing season two. Like your reward is that Tyrell's alive and he shoots Elliot. And Dom that's doesn't the, die. Yeah, that's the reward. And oh, somewhere halfway through, you find out he was in prison for the first five, six episodes. Like, okay, you know. Season one rewards you with all of this information in the last three episodes. Season two doesn't really do that. But I think it kind of does it throughout the season, though. Yeah, you get little bits of things. But I think by the end of season three, I don't think you're necessarily rewarded with information. You're rewarded. It sounds stupid, but with the opportunity to ask questions you never thought you'd have to ask when you were watching season one. You know? <laughs> it's just like, no, what I, the hell is going on? What is this all about? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, like, okay. You know, we well, we do get Leon at the end of uh, season two, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm really point? hoping he turns back up. Does he? You don't remember? No, I don't remember. <laughs> Do you want to know? Uh, I don't care either way. Actually. Yeah, he absolutely does. Okay, that's a, that's what I thought. Yeah, he shows up in the barn. Oh, yeah, so that's what, like the last two episodes? Yeah. So, no Dom in this episode, which is unfortunate. And if I'm yeah, remembering like correctly... Read my mind. Uh, <laughs> we are twins. That's I, exactly what I was going to say. No Dom in this episode. Uh, if I remember correctly, we were a little concerned uh, that maybe that meant, you know, her kind of story was done. So I definitely probably, not. Yeah. I remember her being at the barn. Yeah. Um, we may have even gone as far as like to look it up on IMDb and see if she was going to be in any episodes. So, um, but no, I mean, it's a great opener. It, it's, you know, like you said, it sounds stupid to be like, it's my second favorite. Bef- you know, after season one, well, there's, we're only three of them. Well, I mean, I think it's so good that I could watch this having, having never seen another episode. And go, okay, first, I'm going to go back and watch the first two seasons. And then I can't wait to catch up on season three after I get done with that. Yeah. I mean, that's how good this episode is. Yeah, it it piques your interest about all kinds of things. Well, I so. think it helps with a new character introduction right off the bat. Yeah. Um, who apparently has existed... And had conversations with all of these other characters. We just haven't seen. 
You know, that's the most interesting thing about this show is what we haven't seen. Be- yeah. Because there's a, I mean, there's a lot. Just with the Elliot and um, Angela stuff, she's known what's going on for a little while now. We just never saw a lot of those conversations. Man. I mean, she knows how to detect between Elliot and Mr. Robot. Well, that didn't just happen overnight. No. So, how many times have they watched Back to the Future Part 2 as Angela and Elliot or as Angela and Mr. Robot? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to hit on. The Batman, quote-unquote, casting. But, you know. Yeah, obviously you're like huge hater for that. I don't remember if you remember they cast Val Kilmer and George Clooney in that role. <laughs> Adam West wasn't exactly, you know, like the perfect casting. Um, I just don't. I've never I've, seen a Twilight movie, and I might have seen one movie that he's been in. I've not seen it in. Uh, Twilight is not something I want to hang on anybody's, like, like or hold over anybody's. I head don't think any box. of them are hanging that on their mantle. Hey, look, I was in Twilight. Yeah, you know, it's not. And you want to talk about? Uh, they're not Daniel Radcliffe going like I was. Yeah, look at me, Potter. I'm Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, it's it's not. You talk about the Matrix. Like I was Luke Skywalker. I'd much rather say I was in three Matrix movies than three Twilight or four Twilight movies. I think there's five. Um, oh my god. There might only be four. But <laughs> I think there's just four, dude. Uh, those Shades of Grey movies don't count as Twilight films. <laughs> that's, uh, that's funny. They, I mean, they were originally written. 50 Shades of Twilight. Yeah. They're originally written as Twilight fan fiction. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting as crap. Yeah. It's it's a crazy story. Go look at it on Wikipedia. Uh, it's not that I hate it. It just does not feel like anything other than a studio casting somebody. Let's see. I haven't seen Lost City of Z. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm trying to Oddly see if enough, there's he anything was in I've Harry seen. Potter movie. <laughs> Cedric Diggory. Yeah, but I he, I mean I've only seen like up to part three or four. I saw the Phoenix when it rose out of the ashes. When you say the Phoenix, that that confuses people. Well in Harry Potter. Well, there's an Order of the Phoenix movie, but it doesn't have anything to do No 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 no. I think it's with, the one before that. Um the, No, the, I, I think you see of... the Phoenix in like the second film, man. Well, I know I've seen three of them at least. He, yeah, he was in the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Um, Twilight, Summer House, Twilight Saga, New Moon, Twilight Saga, Eclipse, Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn. Is there really gonna be another one? 
Uh, Breaking Dawn Part 2. Um, I don't know I've, I've ever seen him in anything. Yep. I've seen a few things, and... I'm, I'm just... I can't criticize a man if I've never seen him act. And I can appreciate that. That's I've just terrible. never seen him do anything where I was like... So, I felt that way about Kristen Stewart. I, I was about to throw that up in your face. Like, you can't be the same dude that tells me, go watch Kristen Stewart in this, and then criticizes this dude for getting cast as Batman. But I've also seen him in other things where I was like, he's not that good. I don't understand what anybody sees in him. So. I mean, right character, right part, right actor. I mean. Could be bad, could be great. Yeah, I did take a little. I had somebody who I'm friends with on Facebook try to like come back at me. About me talking about how this is kind of stupid. Um, and but I didn't appreciate his, like, I'm trying to find his, his comments. So Look, I see this little clickbait. Batman rumored to have two villains. Oh, there's a shocker. I mean, like, is that even like yeah. a thing? <laughs> they always have two villains. Um, Even when you don't know they're supposed to have two villains. So, yeah, th this I'm not going to name names, but this is the conversation. Do I need to go down the list of every time fans lost their crap over a casting decision only to be proven wrong? Pattinson's done movies other than Twilight. I never mentioned Twilight. Well, like, uh, what's his name? Post and was, Solo's a good one. Um, Huh? Uh, the fans getting pissed about a casting. Oh, the solo casting. So my post on Facebook was Warner Brothers executive quote: "We need people to forget that we no long no longer know how to make a good Superman film. Any ideas? Other Warner Brothers executive." <laughs> and then I just posted a pic: Robert Pattinson to play Batman for Matt Reeves Warner Brothers, uh, Batman flick. So and that's all I posted. Like, I didn't say anything about Twilight. <laughs> he assumed that I was dogging Pattinson for Twilight. I'm not. I think Kristen Stewart is a fantastic actress. And after seeing her in other things, would never hold that performance over her head. Just like Jennifer Lawrence. Those freaking Hunger Game movies are terrible. Well, so like, is her role as Mystique. Yeah. So. But again, if you watch her in other things, you can clearly see that she's doing these movies so that she can take less money to do other things. Yeah. That she's yeah. actually passionate about. That's fine. Like everybody, you know, does, uh, does quote unquote work so they can go do things that they're passionate about. You know, and and not have to worry about how they're going to pay their bills. So I, I'm not holding this over his head, but I've seen him in other things and did not like him. And so I said, can you recommend something he was good in? I've not seen a worthwhile performance and I've seen a chunk of his work already. His response, I've never seen anything he's been in at all, but I've heard plenty of people who have excellent taste in movies praises. <laughs> 
Okay. So I'm telling you I'm <laughs> seeing him in other things and that I don't think he's very good. You're telling me you haven't and that I should shut up. Okay. Whatever. Everyone, and this is his continued response. Everyone thought Mr. Mom would destroy Batman and that the gay cowboy from Brokeback Mountain would make a terrible Joker. I said, but those guys were solid actors with range. I'll be happy to be wrong. I was certainly wrong about Affleck. Turns out he was fine. It's Warner Brothers who doesn't know what they're doing. (laughs) Uh, And again, he said, no one thought Keaton had range at that time. This dude's younger than me. Um, no, everybody knew Keaton had Who? that range at that time. Who? Like, you were, you were like four Hold when on, this movie came out. Uh, Carry on, I'm going to start looking up. My, I'm so, going to start looking up said, Michael Keaton's work. And then he said, and again, it's, my problem is he keeps saying everyone, everybody, no one. And he said, Chris Evans, too, for that matter. Matt Reeves is an awesome director. He knows what he's doing. And uh, this was this end of the conversation. I said, quote, no one is is all-encompassing. I'm not old enough to have expressed Keaton outrage, but I loved the Evans casting and was totally fine with Heath Ledger. So, like... Stop saying everyone and no one. Yeah, people like that really take me off, man. Like, especially when you're like 22 years old. Um, before Michael Keaton got cast as Batman. Let's see. I mean, there were headlines that were like, Mr. Mom is going to play Batman. But, so, if you look at his... The, A, Beetlejuice is under his belt. By the time he plays Batman. You want range? Uh, uh, Tim There's Burton, effing right? range, man. Yeah. That's your range right there. Beetlejuice. I mean, th- that character is all over the place. Yeah, I'm still here. Hold on, let's see. We'll go to 19... Batman was 1989. 82 was Night Shift. Um, so that was I mean, he did first, have a like, lot really of big media films. Films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Night Shift, Mr. Mom, Johnny Dangerously, which is kind of an undercover, like, touch and go. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Touch and Go, but it's a really good freaking movie. Gung Ho, The Squeeze, which I actually have never seen. Beetlejuice, clean and sober, another really great clean and sober range, clean and sober. Then the dream team, where he convincingly convinces you that he's effing nuts. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. (laughs) And then he does Batman. Well, Dream Team came out the same year. Well, well, yes, I think they were filming at the same time, probably. But and then the next year he's in Pacific Heights. But Pre nineteen eighty nine, you've got Clean and Sober, Beetlejuice, uh, Touch and Go, Mister Mom, and Johnny Dangerously. It's a little like ham fisted, tongue in cheek, but I I think it proves he knows how to adapt to the material he's working with. I mean, it so, continues after that too, though, with One yeah. Good Cop, which is a great movie. 
My Life, another great movie. Yeah, but he's specifically saying that, like, nobody thought Michael yeah. had range. No, like, maybe the general public didn't think he did, but people who actually, like, watched movies knew that Michael Keaton had range from things like Clean and Sober. I've not seen anything that made me think Robert Pattinson was a a good actor. Well, I'm not defending your Pattinson argument, but I am. I will say that, like, you got and that that plays into one of those fanboy things we were talking about. We're like, look, dude, you're on my turf, man. You you cannot come in here and tell me people didn't like you weren't even alive, or if you were. You definitely weren't old enough to be reading these articles that you're talking about. <laughs> so I've seen, I said a chunk of his work, but so, um, Harry well, Potter. I mean, a lot of it's not Potter. mainstream. So, um, I've seen the Twilight films, unfortunately. Uh, Remember Me is uh, stupid. Chick uh, no. Water for Elephants, I couldn't even make it through. Uh, Cosmopolis is okay, but I mean, it's Cronenberg, so it's just weird for the sake of being weird. And I don't think he's very good in it. Maps to the Stars, and eh. The Rover, he got a lot of praise for The Rover. I didn't think he was good at all. Um, and The Lost City of Z, I watched, and I don't remember anything about it. So, I haven't seen anything since then. Now, he is in this movie called The Lighthouse that I kind of want to see. But, it's Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. I like Willem It's Dafoe. more for Willem Dafoe. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe, yeah, I... Uh, Maybe he's learned some stuff. Maybe he's he will be great. Maybe that's fine. All that's maybes. My gut reaction is, hey, look, Warner Brothers still does not know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean it's hard to disagree with you there because they don't have a very good track record. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I had to cough. <clears throat> but um. I mean, there's a lot of things that Warner Brothers has done that I like that you don't like, so. But heck, I've, I still haven't seen Aquaman, so what do I know? Aquaman's pretty good. See, I, I'll say this. I'm pretty sure there are some people that scratch their head at Jason Momoa playing Aquaman because, oh, he's supposed to have blonde hair and blah, 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 blah. Jason Momoa is the best thing about the Justice League film. Oh, I agree with you on that. Um, my thing about seeing Aquaman is going to be my thing about seeing Wonder Woman coming up. Is pretty much y'all have told us that this is dead before we ever even get the sequels to these movies. Oh, Aquaman's getting a sequel. I know. The Justice League stuff is dead. <laughs> exactly. So all we've got is Wonder Woman and Aquaman. That's fine. Just which make is, Wonder Woman an Aquaman movie. Which is hilarious, considering these people own Batman and Superman. And, they and can't your two make... biggest movies are Wonder Woman and Aquaman? And Aquaman. <laughs> yes, it's hysterical. Um, there are a lot of people that have problems with the Gal Gadot, 
Godot, however you say it, casting. Whatever. Uh, she doesn't. She's not. She's not built the way Wonder Woman should be built. Uh, hey, a hole. She was in the Israeli army. Like, oh, they cast the supermodel. She was like a specialist. She was in the effing army. She was a specialist in the army. So, yeah. Should she play Wonder Woman? Absolutely. So, yeah, I've got, you know, it's not. To those people, I say, can you please go back and watch the Linda Carter series and tell me what's so great about that? I'm I'm not denying it is what it is. And, and much like 60, <laughs> yes, and much like sixty six Batman, you know she's fine. I'm just telling you, some of these things have to evolve. People, <laughs> people didn't like Z- the Zachary Levi casting in Shazam. I said no, that's perfect. This needs to be somebody who looks like an adult and acts like a child. Yeah, and the Zachary only thing Levi better would have been that person. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing better would have been, and we've had this discussion, was Tom Hanks in, like, 1992. Right, but um, you got to buff up Tom Hanks, and that just looks weird. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Levi looks kind of buff with the suit. I haven't seen him in the movie without it, so. You don't see him without the suit. Well, I mean, then you just put, you know, like a plastic suit over the top of him. <laughs> and it does look a little weird, but... Um, you need somebody who can pull that off and he can pull it off and it works brilliantly. Yeah. So, I don't think Tom Hanks, just to be clear, I don't think he would have pulled that off very good. Um, point being, I'm not a fanboy outrage. Like, yeah. And, and also when I do that and I'm wrong in the case of Ben Affleck, who I said, Oh, this is just bad. Like, and I don't think Affleck's a bad actor. I just thought it was a bad move. Same with Daredevil. Yeah. Um, But I actually think Affleck wound up being perfectly fine as Batman. Yeah, that was just bad writing. Or bad editing. They didn't know what to do with his Batman. You know, they had no idea where they were going with it. So, what? actually, uh, I thought you were going to say Daredevil. That's how I felt about his Daredevil. It was kind of like, I don't know, you know. I didn't know what to do with that either. Yeah, they were like, they want to do something really cool with Daredevil and Elektra when that whole playground scene could have been left out. And it still would have been a much, you know, I ain't going to say much better movie. It still would have been as good of a movie. (laughs) Um. It's better. It, it's bad when Daredevil and Elektra is better than when Elektra was in Daredevil. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, but I actually didn't like Ben Affleck as Batman. Just to, you know, I thought it was terrible. But mostly because it was bad writing with the whole Martha garbage. Now that has less to do with his Batman. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's not him. It's the Martha, it's the vamped up suits that was. I, I've just never been into the bat suits, you know? Like, just give me a good solid suit. I don't need different versions of it. Yeah. Um, um 
but yeah, that that's the fanboy outrage. So, and I, well, I'm not really a fanboy. I'm just more of an outcast, you know, <laughs> looking in kind of. Yeah, we got some preacher season four photos. Although I'm sure you're uh, uh, not checking those out. No, Legion and Preacher are like my golden idols in television at this moment. I I don't want to know anything. I just want to watch them. Mm. And Mr. Robot's going to be the same way. I I don't care. They could release scripts of every episode online before it airs, and I still would not look at a single one of them. Oh, definitely not. Oh, um, sorry. I'm looking at this title of this uh, uh, article that says uh, Spider-Man Far From Home legitimizes every Marvel TV show. Like, they weren't legitimate before? Pretty sure they've all interconnected with each other at some point in time. Which, meaning one has mentioned the other and one has mentioned the other and maybe not them all legitimized within the same story but or show, but pretty sure they've all referenced one of the other shows in existence. Am I wrong about that? Uh, no, I don't think so. I can't. I know that all the Netflix shows legitimize each other with the team up. Right. And then at some point in time, one of those shows has, or more, one or more of those shows has mentioned what happened in New York. Oh, they're saying, oh, all the other shows could have taken place in another Marvel universe. F you. They could all be in the same place. There's nothing that takes them out of canon, really. Um, uh, whatever. I ha- I hate people that. Uh, anyway, Agents of Shield is back, so. There's yeah, that. I haven't watched the uh, the new episode yet. So, well, actually, it just aired tonight as we yeah. record. So. Yeah, I think as soon as we get off of here, I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, watch that or watch Doom Patrol, which pay your six dollars, get the DC app, watch Doom Patrol. It's freaking fantastic. Uh, what I've seen of it is pretty great. Um, it's so good. The show, like this last episode, I know you're behind. It lit, it, it did the Deadpool thing. Which it's done, like, if you've seen a few episodes... Yeah, a couple of times. for nobody. Yeah. And you've seen him break the fourth wall, more or less. And talk about it... Like, he's narrating things. And he's also, like, in the show. But he's commenting to you as if it is a TV show or something like that. But he straight up, like, breaks the fourth wall and starts, like... Going after the writers of the TV show. It's uh, so freaking good. <laughs> are you talking about, you're talking about last week's episode, right? 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. this one's called the penultimate episode. Yeah, so the I, finale's next yeah. week. Which actually we're about to get the finale of almost everything we watch. Yeah. Uh, well, Lucifer dropped all in one day. I've got Cloak, two episodes left. Yeah, Cloak and Dagger is not. Oh my but a, god, it's so good. Yeah, I know. I gotta catch up big time. I'm gonna try to catch up tomorrow. Um, uh, Happy's right around the corner from ending. It's um, been pretty good. I think, uh, which you don't watch it, but Big Hero 6, the series, has aired every day except for Saturday and Sunday, I think, since it's come back. So season two will be probably finished in about eight to ten weeks. Um, Doom Patrol's about the end. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is halfway on the pace of Big Hero 6. Um, yeah, that's about it for shows I watch. The Flash, or, yeah, The Flash, Arrow. Oh, and can add, unless another network picks it up, we can add The Tick to Yeah, that was... That will have ended this year. That was kind of depressing, but I was glad all at the same time. Like, oh, good, I can... Cram in two seasons to be done with it. <laughs> nope. Somebody picked it up already? No. You you will be more mad if you watch it. But you I'll still be, be done, done with, with it. it. But you'll be more mad. Because it's so freaking good. Um, hopefully well, I mean, Netflix will... Everything it. I read about season two, everybody just talked about how great it was. So. It was fantastic. So, anyway, we've rambled long enough. Uh, Mr. Robot Podcast at gmail.com, uh, at Mr. Robot Podcast on Twitter, uh, patreon.com slash Mr. Robot Podcast. If you want to support us, there are some old episodes there. I'm going to get around to putting up some new ones really, really soon. Uh, new old episodes. Um, <laughs> new everything old episodes. Yeah. Everything else we do is uh, at uh, xwingfiles.com, uh, including Ryan's new yet almost over Game of Thrones podcast. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, uh, we'll see, uh, which we'll have a, uh, a guest. Uh, well, we'll be doing a like roundtable type episode. Yeah, so we're going to have to work that out, out over the le- next two or three days. Um, hey, real quick, I didn't tell you about it. DuckTales, y'all catch up on that. They just reintroduced Darkwing Duck. <laughs> yeah, I know. That made me want to go back and catch it. I watched the first few episodes, and I was like, I don't think this DuckTales is for me. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, it's a little, like, spastic. <laughs> a little Teen Titans go-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I have a tough time. I can watch a, I can watch a episode of Teen Titans, I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. And then I won't watch it for like weeks. Um, but if they bring back Darkwing Duck, you're gonna watch every episode, right? Probably. Original, Unless it's like Teen Titans. Original Go. voice. It is the original voice. Um uh, pretty sure. I'm assuming you're checking. Yeah. I mean you can finish I'm sorry, I cut you off anyways. So. Uh, yeah, just go do all of those things, and uh, we will uh, be back probably in a couple of days. So, 
Um, I mean, Jim Cummings was the original Darkwing Duck voice. And that's when he. Oh, that's, so okay, that's who I need to look up then. <laughs> I swear it was him. I didn't know his name, man. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think it was him coming back. Because he's, he's still doing Winnie the Pooh, but they've been mostly using uh, new people for the Darkwing Ducks. I mean, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales thing. <coughs> DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, Jim Starling, Patty Wax, something, something. Yep. 2018, 2019. Yeah, he's in there. So. Yeah, I thought it was him when I watched the episode. Oh, and- good for him. <laughs> Actually, I skipped over like two seasons of DuckTales just to watch this episode. Uh, he also just recently won a court case against his ex-wife, who uh, they were in a uh, uh, battle for, I guess, uh, uh, custody and um, uh, finances or whatever. And she accused him of abuse and... Um, uh, cruelty to animals saying he like kicked their dog all the time or something like that. It was, um, I don't want to say well, it was proven false, but it was dismissed. So, and obviously if it's false, then good. working with him. So, um, I, if, if Disney, I think if Disney thought it was remotely true, yeah, they would have fired him from yeah. everything. So, I mean, that chick that did the voice of Leia in that one episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah. mean, she tweeted out one thing and they were like, nope, get somebody else to do the voice. So, um, they've been pretty quick on the trigger when stuff like that comes up. So, yeah, and his introduction is relatively new. So, yeah. um, I think he might have come into it earlier, but as a different character. Yeah, Um, well, he does a lot of voice work, so. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, go do all that stuff. We'll see you guys in a few days. Bye, everybody. Here's a little legend for the never-believer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's a little ghost for the offering. Here's a truck stop instead of St. Peter's.